0: What's up, guys? Welcome to a very special kind of funny games cast post-show analysis of Ubisoft's forward event, the first forward event. We now know that there's going to be more than one, which is exciting news. As always, I'm Tim Geddes joined by one of the coolest dudes in video games, Greg Miller.
1: Hello, Timothy. It does me well yeah. to
0: be here with you. Yeah. We also have the new face of video games blessing out of AOE Jr.
2: Hello, Timothy. It does me well to be here with you.
3: We have Andy Cortez. How are you doing? Hello, Timothy. It does me well to be here with you. We also have Kevin Coelho behind the scenes. Ah!
2: And we really appreciate it. Why um, did the you, background are move again? Live. Why did the background move again?
0: The last five minutes have been just a disaster of Kevin trying to get this all together. And he, he had to, to fix the right side of the, the screen to make sure it lined up. And he did that great. But now the left side's fucked. <laughs> they must be connected in some way. You know what I mean? You just you gotta love it. You gotta. Now I can't love it. move because it. Right. it's
3: locked.
0: Let's get right to it, guys. Ubisoft had their first forward event. What did we think, Greg Miller?
1: Uh, it's what I expected, which is good and bad all at once. I don't know. Like it's E3. If this isn't E3, this is a weird not E3, right? So to already know that you're getting Assassin's Creed deep dive, you already know you're getting Watch Dogs deep dive, and then to have obviously Far Cry Six leak out the way it did, I think it really took any of the wind out of their sails in terms of this being what you'd expect from an e3 press conference where you want a surprise announcement where you want these cool things where you want it to be more than just hey here's some cool shit we want to show you that you already know about and we want to talk about and i mean you know shout out to them for uh, dating watchdogs uh dating assassins dating far cry 6 like uh i i think the fact that watchdogs is coming this year is, is a little bit crazy i think we're all prepared for that to be a 2021 game after the way it had been talked about in terms of fiscal years and stuff like that um and also, then it's interesting, too, if that'll back up and what that'll do to being so close to Assassin's Creed. Uh, but overall, I think they showed a lot of great stuff. I think, uh, you know, I may be talking out of turn here. We all seem to be into the various big games they showed. Obviously, not so much about Tom Clancy's Elite Squad or Might and Magic Mobile. But again, this is their, hey, here's our plattering of offers. What do you guys think? And I think for their big three swings, and I'm not including hyperspace, which I did think looked cool. Like when that comes to console, I will play, uh, try it out and see what's up as a battle royale. I think... You know, I think they did an a admirable job at coming out and showing a bunch of cool games and hopefully getting you excited for them.
2: Bless. Yeah, I thought it was pretty all right. Like this is pretty much what I expected um, them showing off their big three games, I think makes sense. So between Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed and Far Cry, like all of them look good. All of them look exciting. We got dates for all of them. And so that's pretty good. Um, Hyperscape being uh, coming out in open beta, I think is also exciting. I wish we got more of a concrete date uh, as, as far as. When the game's going to come out in final release on pc and consoles i think that would have been a more exciting thing but maybe that's uh that's for their next ubisoft forward possibly i think the thing that kind of brings this event back for me is the fact that there is more to look forward to them uh ending this by saying yeah there's more to look forward to in terms of another ubisoft forward where we'll talk about more of our announcements i think that softens the blow of this one a bit because there's so much that we didn't get here like there wasn't really any big new game announcements at all um which i think usually would be pretty disappointing but if there's more to look forward to then all right uh no beyond I mean, was, too.
0: it just leaked
2: you well know. okay that's a good point that's Marca a good point it
0: was a new announcement
2: yeah yeah that's a, that's, a, that's a very good point and and imagine like I,
1: if you uh, if you look at that in a vacuum right of like let's say this hadn't all leaked out and it was that that trailer started and dropped uh i always say it wrong giancarlo g Gian- yeah, how do giancarlo. i say carlo John John Carlo. Carlo. If it dropped John Carlo's name there, Andy would have fucking lost his mind.
3: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, exactly a, that's a very very good point. It. That's um, exactly but, where I'm with so it
2: too. I, yeah. Continue, plus. Well, I was I was gonna say like there's no Beyond Good and Evil 2, uh, which I don't think we really expected it to be here. But the fact that that game has been announced for so long, uh, yeah. you kind of want regular updates on it. There's no Skull and Bones, which that game is probably at this point vaporware. Uh, there's no, there was no uh, Gods and Monsters, which where's which that is game at? Surprise.
0: Yeah. yeah, that was and like, to me probably the biggest shock because I thought that that was uh, for sure. It's like, oh, we are we know the big games are going to be here. That's one of them. Like, I'm pretty yeah. surprised it wasn't here.
2: And th- there's so much stuff to where if this if this presentation ended and they didn't tease another Ubisoft forward, I would have just been I would have been uh, very underwhelmed by the showing. But the fact that they're pointing to another thing softens this blow a lot. That said, like this is very all right. Like this is this is pretty much what I expected in terms of what we can get out of this thing. Andy.
3: Yeah, I mean a lot of a lot of what Greg and, and Blessing just said I totally agree with. I think had you know we not had the the expected Ubisoft leak that seems to happen every year, <laughs> yeah. That Giancarlo Esposito, I would have popped for that. I, I would have been so excited for that. And I loved Far Cry Five. Um I really liked Far Cry five. I won't say I loved it. I, I think it was I think it was like a really good eight out of ten. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it and I would have love to have seen um John Carlos Esposito's name get revealed I think that would have been really cool but again everything sure. just always gets leaked um Rainbow 6 Quarantine what's the deal with that are yeah. we gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that something in the future that we're going to see um yeah I agree with bless I think that like sure the future event that they have teased gives me a little bit of hope for newer franchises but I feel like just everything is th- there are so few surprises and if they I mean, and if it is a surprise, it's always like a smaller title that probably doesn't appeal to me. Um, I love I really enjoy hyperscape. I'm excited for the open beta. I'm excited for a lot of bad players like me to hopefully be in there <laughs> uh, to make it to make it easier on me. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was OK.
2: I mean, even just I, dance. Like, where was that? Like that, that? Like there are so many games that you usually see at a Ubisoft well, conference that I feel like we're we're kind of lacking.
3: Bless, you would need a stage with 90 dancers. Yes, exactly. And it's just not possible right now.
2: We, and me and with, Imran uh, had a pitch during uh, <laughs> Games Daily where they do like a Zoom like dance kind of thing where you're seeing people dance in their homes. and like, Super, like, out, going of different, yeah, super <laughs> out of sync. Yeah, super out of sync. with like just bouncing from different, from different Zoom chats. That'd be pretty cool.
0: I actually kind of liked the presentation of this, and I'm excited that there's going to be more of them. And I think that, you know, this is gonna a continuing kind of phase of the industry changing where – next year i'm very excited to see how all of the different people kind of do their e3 um, with a little bit more kind of understanding of smaller quarterly things like we see it with state of play we've seen it with nintendo direct for so long and i think ubisoft kind of having that can kind of give moments so that i'd love to get to a point that we're not seeing watchdogs and assassin's creed and far cry all in the same show like maybe have each mm-hmm. one of those headline a different ubisoft forward that then gives a little bit more time to breathe for the gods of Monsters or a rayman announcement or those type of titles um for me this nothing really spoke to me from this where it's like as the type of gamer i am no rayman there wasn't a nintendo collaboration and like that's fine because i thought that they showed the games they showed off very well and like i think that this stuff did the job of selling valhalla watchdogs and far cry as much as they can right now um but it is weird where we end this and the thing i'm most excited about is the fact that there's going to be another one (laughs) like i feel like that's kind of been a trend of the last couple um press conferences uh, across the industry where it's just like, well, that was cool, but I'm more excited for the next thing. And like they're, they're, everyone's telling us like, that was just, it. that's just a taste. We're going to get something later. And at some point it's like, okay, but when are we actually getting the meal? Like, is that actually going to, I don't think the meal exists happen? anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't think the meal exists anymore, but it does. I, don't-
0: I mean, we, we just saw PlayStation give us a meal and I know that that's uh, their first party, but it's like, I'm looking at the Xbox conference, judging this against other conferences. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I do think that, um, but this is more than
1: ever i think this year more than ever especially with a fucked up e3 but then a console launch cycle is just i mean really talking about putting people in different stratospheres where ubisoft just has no uh, desire slash allegiance slash need to do that they want you to buy assassin's creed they want you to buy watchdogs they want you to know what the slate of things coming up for that launch are like they want to talk about those things earlier they want to try to get their own pr beats around it and out of it i think
0: yeah no and, and that's what i'm saying i think it makes sense for going forward in the future and i think that next year this is going to be a little bit more commonplace and we'll be used to it but right now yeah. we're judging it against de 3s sure. and the press conferences of mm. of yore and to blessing's point it's weird not getting the just dance thing that's not saying i want that <laughs> um but there is this shift right now that we're going to need to to kind of get used to um yeah <laughs> but i i just do i i'm exci- i'm more excited for the next one but again it's like am i going to say that next time too
2: I kind of well, would to
0: we'll talk about another one.
2: <laughs> I kind of well, would like also... to the other one too before this, as opposed to at the end of this, because I feel like that would have helped manage expectations more. Because there's so there was so much I was looking forward to see. Like I know I've already listed a bunch of games, but even like Roller Champions, like where is that at? Like that was what at the, that? the what happened to it? And that, I mean they announced that last year, right? Like it's not necessarily like a thing that you know came and is as we're, we've been waiting on forever, but it's something that we that would be nice to get an update to. And it had a yeah if, it
3: had a small beta period, but that's about it. Yeah.
2: And if it's not like if you're not updating if, if you're not updating us on it today then I don't know I feel like you could have let off with that as opposed to at the end end of this being like oh and there's more just wait for our next event which we're not going to give you a date for but just know that it's later this year I feel like that puts us in this nebulous place where it's like totally. all right what level of expectations should I have for these things cuz this was cool but this isn't what I was looking forward to Now, being a little bit objective about it though, I do think that while
0: it might not be what I wanted of like, oh, hype and surprises and this and this, I do think it was a very solid presentation where we got release dates. Like at the end of the day, for games we already know about, that's the most important piece of the the puzzle. And for three of their big games, we now know something that we didn't before, which is the final piece of when's it coming out. And I I think that they did a good job with that of having their three kind of temple things, especially knowing going into next gen all the way through till q1 2021 with far cry 6 like not that it's rocket science we all probably could have guessed that it would be there um but to start this off now like i want to talk about like greg what do you think about the release dates of Watch Dogs and assassin's creed being so close together
1: i mean i don't like it <laughs> like i think it's a two
0: situation right
1: it's a very interesting yeah. thing where you know as somebody who loved watchdogs 2 and talked about it on all of our shows and tried to get people to run out and go play it right uh I was surprised. I didn't think they were going to make another Watch Dogs. And so then for Legion to come around and get that demo at E3 2019, right, uh, and get to sit there. And I think it might have even been Clint, but I know we interviewed Clint at CNE, e so it kind of all runs together. But to see that thing of, wow, you can take control of anybody. Wow, you can go do all these different things. I remember sitting there going, wow, that's a really cool tech. How do you wrap that into a story? How do you make that into something we care about? And what I found really interesting is somebody who got to play it for, I think, three and a half hours. Uh, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more, but right around three and a half hours. Uh, just Where this people past hear week. about that, Greg. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Right now, first impressions with me and Barrett are up of that and Assassin's Creed, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, obviously, well, lengthy impression there, and,
3: and the Last of Us two playthrough by me. Yeah, wow. of course, yeah, yeah, oh, and they, well over there.
1: Yeah, Part yeah, seven. And then, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, all of that's happening on YouTube. First impressions are on the podcast feed too. We have a first impressions podcast feed. Go do that. Um, however, what I was trying to drive to is. Uh, Sitting down and playing Watch Dogs Legion, I was shocked that in the first... 10 minutes of it, they made me care. They framed the Watchdog Legion story in a way that actually, I think the trailer did a pretty good way too, even though they make it a little bit more jokey, uh, of why this would happen and why this would care and why not having a main character and having the resistance be this thing would make sense. Uh, the way they launched that game in terms of this giant terrorist attack on London, this thing called Zero Day, Dead Set gets blamed for it. You And then you see the Albion people come in and take over the thing in a time lapse. And it's very much like, I get. Why this would uh, work? Why suddenly you'd be wanting to turn people? Why people could be on the fence? And you'd wa- they'd waver and come help. I think then what was shocking for me was the trailer they showed everyone today seemed to drive that home. Like blessing, you were talking about liking it, Andy. It seemed like you. I seemed like everybody was I- into it. I know Tim, it's not your kind of game, but it
3: seemed like people were interested to play that. Right, guys. I, I yeah. don't know if I don't know if I will. It, it's going to be one of those games that I will try out and see how I feel mm. about it. And which is unfortunately the case for a lot of of UB games because I feel like. I feel like it's gotten to the to the point where, um, Greg, you know, that game core that we were sponsored to do, yeah. where it's a bunch of different games in the core engine. That's kind of what a lot of UB games remind me of. Of, of This sure. is a this is a third person uh, game uh, game in our this is a UB game, but it, there's there's uh, Vikings. And then now there's this is a third person shooter. And now this is in the future. And I feel like it's it all starts to unfortunately look pretty samey to me. Sure. Um, and as somebody who, uh, like, I loved fucking around with Watch Dogs 1. I never tried Part 2. Um, and I think it's one, I think I'll try this one out. And But I always say that with every Assassin's Creed game, too. And hopefully sure. one of them speaks to me soon.
2: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm more excited for this Watch Dogs than I have been for the ones in the past. Like, I, I kind of have this loop where I go through where I see the, the trailers for a new Watch Dog game. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this looks cool. I'm into this. And then I play it. And then I get probably, like, a, a couple hours in, and I'm like, okay, no, this isn't for me. Me seeing what they're doing with this one and seeing kind of the the systemic portions of it where it is like, okay, yeah, no, you're building a team. You can go about missions in different ways. You can, uh, you know, plan out your approach. You can do all these different things. But then also to see the the story aspect of it kind of speak to me in a way where I'm like, okay, no, this seems cool. In the way that I feel like for a lot of previous Ubisoft games, you kind of have a uh like a, f- a, a f- flavor of political to him but like not necessarily in, in uh like a grapple with politics That makes sense. Like you'll have something like Division, where it's like, okay, yeah, this game takes place in uh, bullshit. (laughs) Yeah, like this game takes place in Washington D.C. and there's all there's all this shit going on. Or you you see a game, like Far Cry Five, where it's like, okay, yeah, like these are these white nationalists uh, in a cult and like religion and all this different stuff. But I don't know, I don't necessarily get the vibe that those games go super deep with those with those topics. Yeah. Uh, This this trailer gave me the vibe that not, not not necessarily this game is gonna go like super deep into like what protest is about and all these different stuff or like any specific like Brexit kind of thing but I don't know I this trailer kind of sold me on the idea that this might go further than a lot of previous Ubisoft games that, we, that we've that we gotten and so in both those senses this trailer kind of spoke to me it seemed like
1: that was the reaction I was seeing on Twitter as well so back to the original question of like what are you stacking them so close together to assassins I think that it's a bad move because I think as usual Watch Dogs isn't in terms of breaking uh, uh, Ubisoft's uh, franchises down into you know triple A, double A, whatever, like you know, Watch Dogs is not a triple A. It's a triple A game, but it's not a triple A franchise for them. It doesn't sell that well. It doesn't have that fan base. It doesn't do that. So I think this one would have had a better chance in the Far Cry six slot of hey, put it out. Beginning of next year, it's a quieter time. People have their new machines installed. They want to get into something that's cool and different. Yada, yada yada I do see this one struggling with not only the fact that you're putting it out a few weeks before Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which also was great and is very different, and we'll get to I'm sure in a little bit. You're also right on the fucking Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk's yes. about to bear down on you as well. And so I really do feel you're going to have gamers in terms of hey, I am a story-driven video game person. I am looking forward to getting lost into a, a giant world. And if you're going to be sitting there with your 60 maybe $70 to spend on these kind of games, you're going to sit there and start ranking them. And I think uh, uh, Assassins and Cyberpunk will be battling for that number one slot with Watchdogs behind it.
2: For sure. Yeah. I think if, even if you look at the two, in my head, the two demographics of people that might be interested in the Watchdogs, right? Like you might have that person that is like, I want... A punky open world city game with story and all this stuff. And it's like Cyberpunk wins that battle every single time. Or you might have the other person that is like, I want a Ubisoft open world Mm -hmm. game that can go through and do checklists and and do all this stuff. And Assassin's Creed is going to win that fight every single time. And so Watch Dogs really is in the Titanfall situation of, yeah, like Titanfall went up against uh, Battlefield 1 and Call of Duty. And Titanfall 2, incredible game. Like there's nothing wrong with that game. That game, I think, is so many people's favorite shooter of this generation. But in the marketing space, just isn't going to stand a chance against the other two. And Watch Dogs 2 very much seems like it's going to be in the same situation.
3: And what worries me about it is because of how ambitious the game is. Mm-hmm. And it will only be, if it doesn't succeed, it will be seen as, you know, it's the game's fault. And we tried too much. And I don't think it's any fault of the game Coming, out. it's you know you know what it is, Greg. It's John What's Stockton, that? Tomahawk John Stockton playing in the same era as Jordan. You know what player. I mean? player. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just too, and it and it sucks because I I love that they're taking this risk on on yeah. this franchise and this and you got to understand like making a game like this that's that ambitious with that many moving parts with you know any civilian being somebody that you can recruit. Yeah, that's that's such a tall task when it comes to just you know work hours and employees and wages and like this is all this game has to have cost a shit ton of money to make and you know it has to succeed and and it it i think there's
1: a very high likelihood this could easily be the last watchdogs and if it doesn't then
3: Yeah, if it doesn't, then all that goes down the drain. All that goes down the drain. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I see a lot of people in chat talking about how it'll be on sale right away, right? In the same way Watch Dogs 2, if you remember, didn't perform and then got discounted right away into all those things. I could see that same thing happening here, sadly. Again, from what I played of Legions, again, I'm a Watch Dogs fan. Uh, What I played of Legions, I think they open it really strong, giving you a reason for what's happening here, and then yeah, the the under-the-hood shit of going through and controlling all these different people is also awesome and rad. However, as me and Barrett talk about in our reaction or first impressions, like it is this conversation of yeah, but it just uh, it does feel like Watchdogs too. Like the combat okay. and everything else does feel like Watchdogs too. And you know, granted, these are the concessions you make again to Andy's point of having you know the ability to control anyone in the world, and everyone has a backstory and all these different things. Like you know, jumping off the roof uh, at one point in the mission, and I we, they did like a Assassin's Creed homage to you know um, the trust fall. that now I'm forgetting. Damn, damn it, Barrett forgot it. Leap That's of faith, the eagle fall. Uh, leap of faith. Doing a leap of faith, and it was like, oh wow, this doesn't look that great <laughs> like animation or visual wise, right but of course it's because they've gone through and done all of london and done all these characters and done all these things which br- makes it something to itself i think it's going to be a fun super nerdy game that nerds like me will get into and tinker with and build a certain team and have certain people in your toy box you want to go do it but i think it will get overshadowed by assassins and i think it will get overshadowed shadowed by cyberpunk in terms of hey i want a single player narrative experience and that's no.
0: what's weird to me is like it, it looks like they're kind of Pitching it as if it is this big single player experience in the the vein of uh, Assassin's Creed, but the gameplay they're showing and everything they've shown kind of reminds me more of an am- amalgamation of a bunch of different type of games, but kind of like the open world sandboxy, just like fuck it, you don't need to do missions, just have fun with it of Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. yeah. combined with uh, the kind of here you're just in the sandbox to you can tackle things a billion different ways of like Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes, specifically Ground Zeroes part, sure, uh, mixed with Hitman where it's just like again different ways to go in and and do different missions but like and it's it so- seems like a weird thing to instead of focusing on those core elements where it's just like cool this isn't a crazy ass nar- uh, narrative based game like with with a single player campaign that they're pitching it as it's more of just like a it's about the gameplay and it's about here's the worlds you're in do different things in that that not small world but like dense world right is it like that, Greg? Or it does it feel like it's Watch Dogs 2, just now you can play as a bunch of different characters? Well, and it's what. The,
1: it's well, see, that's the thing is that they've solved, I think, the biggest problem of Watch Dogs 2. Like Watch Dogs 2, and I talk about it in the thing, and I've talked about it obviously on a million different <laughs> programs, right? Had this narrative dissonance to it where it was that we are Marcus and we are cool. We're cool, dead sec people, and we dress really cool, and we have all these cool paint things, and we're, you know, we get together and we re watch trailers and all this stuff. And that worked for me and I loved it. And I loved this goofy San Francisco and I loved goofy DeadSec, and I love doing goofy things. And I always tell that story of, you know, uh, getting into a party where me, I was playing it. And so was Mitch Dyer and our friends and our friend, James and Mitch talking about rubber bullets. And I was like, Oh, I haven't unlocked those yet. And he's like, Oh no, no, no. Like I don't really have rubber bullets. I just needed to make up a, a reason in my head why Marcus and DeadSec would be blowing people away on the streets. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, I never played the game that way. I, I, you know, Marcus walks up to an objective and sits down outside, opens his laptop, and hacks everything. That's how I chose to play it. Watch Dogs 2 had this goofy, neon San Francisco story that then had the gameplay in it where you could go kill all these people and use all these things, but that didn't work in a narrative level. And yet, da, 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 da. so taking the gameplay that was solid for Watch Dogs and putting it into Legion and wrapping it into this thing of, hey, I, as I say in the video, like, Dead Sex grown up you know, like dead sex been framed for a terror attack in London. And now like a true evil in Albion has moved in and we, there's still goofy characters and paint stuff. And like, you know, I was a beekeeper at one point, like there's all this goofy shit in there, but they're giving it a real story and really grounding it and making it a real resistance. And that's, you know, the same thing of, I've seen, Headlines going around. One of the things I was when I was trying to talk about this bold stuff, right? Is uh, there's a preview up here from Michael Hyam on GameSpot. Watchdogs Legion is unmistakably unmistakably political, and it needs to follow through. And then they also have this interview with uh, Clint Hawking over there, right, of embracing its political themes. These posted with the embargo, so I haven't had a chance to read them. But clearly, the, I think they are taking this stuff head on, like the you know the resistance movement and everything that's going on there. Even the trailer you just watched, right, has all that in there, which I think with this, hey, we're growing DeadSec up solves the problem of watchdogs too, where when i originally got the game pitched to me and we saw the original trailers i was like i'm gonna have a team of grannies i'm just gonna have a team of grannies out there doing all that shit and playing it and watching it again i'm like no fuck dude i'm actually gonna play this like in oceans 11 where i am going to recruit people with specific things so they can go into specific places and do whatever the mission is i need them to do right like i the the difference in me of playing as this computer hacker this graffiti artist like cool greg and this mi6 operative that i had i was like oh shit like there's super varied stuff here that i actually want to explore and see what those systems are that's
0: interesting because i feel like watching it there's a different type of dissonance uh as opposed to watch dogs 2 where this it's kind of style versus substance where especially starting off with this very spider verse ask trailer yeah and sure the the narrative parts of that were, were pretty serious and dealing with serious subjects but it was kind of always done in a tongue-in-cheek, jokey way that was cool as fuck to look at. And yeah. then when it cuts to the, the gameplay bits we saw, even with all the rewinding and like, well, here's how else you could do it. There was still an undertone of kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of like, oh, this is – it's funny that you're a construction worker. And like it, there's the focus of, yes, you can actually do – use their abilities and the skills that those people would have in a you know unique way that it makes them the right person for the job. But I don't know. There's something about it that always feels like it has the sense of like,
1: but it's funny though. I, I agree with you. I well, think the trailer, the tra- uh, the trailer uh, and like the voiceover for the walkthrough gave yeah. you that impression. And like when I had the construction worker, right, what I did with my construction worker was used it to quietly infiltrate a construction site, get out of hostage and get out. I never fucking knew he could shoot a nail gun as a real gun and all that stuff, because why would you ever do like I'm using him very specifically in a way. But granted, not every gamer is going to do that, and it's going to be these different things. And how do you present that? I, I don't know. And I think that is the push and pull of this identity they're wrestling with you hope that you pair that kind of trailer where everybody not everybody but most of us like oh my god that looks awesome oh my god john wick which i did not realize there was a hitman that could do that kind of shit like i want that guy on my team you pair that with hopefully the previews that are coming out now where it's like okay well there's this london attack and you're doing this and now you have to have this resistance that still is tongue-in-cheek it still is neon colors it still is a granny making a a joke when she has to or whatever but like has this more serious tone to it that I think was lost in Watch Dogs, too, as it was like, let's steal a trailer. Let's infiltrate Google like it wasn't like life and death all the time. Tongue and
3: cheeky is what you, you guys ah, are probably meaning to day. Right. 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 Greg, and, when you were when you were going in those missions really quick, um, were you were you also able to have one of your teammates with you or is it only just the one dude you're controlling?
1: The missions I played were all I'm in charge of one person and we were going to do the mission. You could still change at any time and like, when you're free roaming and you change to a different person, they might put you anywhere in the city where that person is living their life. When it yeah. was, hey, I've taken an mission objective, like I wasn't the construction worker when I took that mission and I was like, oh, it's a construction site. Switch the construction worker who they were like, we're always going to put them just a, a block or two away so that it's got easier it. for them I to know. get to when you're on like an actual objective. I got a question for all of you guys.
0: So for me, both or all three, Far Cry, Assassin's Creed, and Watch Dogs, not typically my type of game. These trailers, these gameplay showings, these everything that they showed here, Watch Dogs didn't tell me in a way that I'm like, convince me to want to play. Sure. Assassin's Creed, same thing. Far Cry, even though we didn't see gameplay or anything, I'm like, I'm liking what I'm seeing here. I like the focus on these actors. I like the colors. The colors that we haven't really seen. It's Of course, we love our blue and purple and all that stuff, but I like this kind of different different style we got going on here and i'm like this guy that got me more interested of damn i need to know who this boss guy is like i i never played far cry 4 like should i go back and play for you guys what oh three okay yeah three for you guys what with those three franchises and i mean we know greg where you're at with this stuff but so i guess bless and, and andy like did these convince you otherwise for things that you don't normally play or where are you at Watch Dogs. Um-
2: Watch Dogs convinced me. Assassin's Creed convinced me. Far Cry, I think, has a lot, of, a lot of way to go in terms of getting me in because I yeah. like, I like John Esposito uh, as the, as the villain character. I think that's really exciting. I like the, the, the piece they did with him and his son and, and, and the grenade shit. Like all that stuff was really cool. But I've kind of been through this motion before with Far mm-hmm. Cry Five and Far Cry Four, where both of those villains in the trailers that came with those villains really had me excited for the prospect of playing those games. Especially for me, as somebody who really liked Far Cry Three, like Far Cry Three is probably one of my favorite games of Last Gen. Um, but Far Cry Four and Far Cry Five especially fell flat for me. Like, and I, me and Greg actually talked about this on one one of the shows this week, this last week, where uh, I know for me it was probably like five to seven hours in uh, to playing Far Cry Five, where I was like. All right, I keep getting attacked by 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 all these characters. I keep getting stopped wherever I, whenever I try to go do a thing. Uh, this open world doesn't seem like that much of a step forward from previous Far Cry's I've, I've played. And like, I think the thing that Far Cry Six will need to do will be would be to sell me on how you are forwarding the Far Cry franchise, as opposed to just being a new skin on top of what we've gotten so far. Um, and so yeah, to your question, like, Watchdogs really exciting for all the reasons we just talked about and especially the the uh playing as different characters and the systematic and style of all, and, of all that stuff stuff seems cool assassin's creed valhalla for me uh, as somebody who's not historically an assassin's creed person i i've been wanting to get back to assassin's creed and i've been looking for an excuse to get back to assassin's creed and everything you saw in the valhalla trailer kind of spoke to me um especially right mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. i'm i'm kind of in the mood to play something that is like open world that is that kind of game um and so yeah for those reasons i'm totally down for those two games, but. Far Cry, I'm I'm still waiting to be sold.
0: Andy, you always talk about how Assassin's Creed is something you always want to get into. Do you think this is finally gonna be the one?
3: <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I I'm definitely going to try a lot harder to get into that game more than I will with Watch Dogs. I'll say that I'm going to give it more of an effort than Watch Dogs. <laughs> and I think, uh, I, and I think I love the idea of th- these raids seem really interesting. Um, the Obviously, the combat having all these different uh, combat styles seems really, really fun. Um, I don't know. It's it's and obviously, you know, as somebody who loved God of War and just you know, sort of uh, Viking and you know, I don't know if there'll be any mythology attached to any of this or whatever, but it all seems it all seems cool, uh, and I'm definitely into it. Um, Watchdogs less so. Uh, Far Cry Six, I will absolutely play, and I'm really excited for it. But I I agree with Blessing, where I feel like as somebody who isn't has who doesn't have this huge pass with Far Cry, um, I still feel like every new Far Cry feels like an expansion of the last Far Cry, whether it's, you know, again, just a new skin or it's it's like Blood Dragon, but longer. Like, I feel like they're all we do need to see. What next gen Far Cry really looks like and how How is it going to differentiate itself? It's always fun for me, though. It's like Far Cry is always fun. You're always going to have silly ass villains chasing you and crazy animals and new ways to explode things and attach C4s to stuff like there's all. It's always this big playground and it's always a blast. But uh, when it comes to, yeah, whether I'll get into Watch Dogs, that remains to be seen.
0: So with Far Cry, obviously, I'm a bigger noob than the rest of you guys. Like, I'm a little surprised they're calling this Far Cry 6, especially, you know, seeing the trend the last couple games, it seemed that it was like, hey, okay, cool, here's three, there's four. But then there was the, there was Primal, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. then uh, when we got Far Cry 5, it was a very different thing. Now seeing 6 so soon after 5, and it seemingly being a prequel sequel whatever the hell it is too. To well there was really the other know.
1: one too what's the far cry they yeah. did that was set in that post-apocalyptic future
3: of far cry 5 yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the one that uh gra- like yeah, like
2: far- yeah new dawn yeah far cry new dawn, cry, new dawn. Also, yeah, yeah that exactly. was a direct sequel to far cry 5 right correct yeah. that was the alternate yeah.
1: ending right that if you failed or whatever yeah yeah Does we don't know for sure yet. that they're calling but the six.
2: we don't know for sure yet that it's a prequel uh that's still like speculation on on our side um but even so like i I think it makes sense that they're calling it Far Cry Six. Like they, they seem to have a pattern of, hey, yeah, let's put out a numbered sequel, then put out some DLC, sort of yeah. DLC or expansion or yeah. I was gonna say that a, a
1: not full blown one, right? Because it was Far Cry Three, Far Cry Three: Blood Dragon, Far Cry Four, Far Cry Primal, Far Cry Five, yes. Far Cry New Dawn.
2: Yeah, 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 and like usually that the the subtitled ones will be a lower... I believe, like, Far Cry New Dawn was, like, 40 bucks or something when it came out, I think. Maybe correct me on that if I'm wrong. Um, But at the very least, like, also, yeah, Far Cry New Dawn was a sequel to Far Cry 5, pretty much, and I'm pretty sure it was working off a lot of the same assets and the same map and stuff. Far yeah. Cry Primal, I know, like, a big complaint people had with Far, Far Cry Primal was that it was basically the same map from Far Cry 4, um, but just, like, restylized or retextured or whatever. Um For these numbered sequels, they seem to be very derivative but for the most part brand new in terms of story and in terms of location and uh assets and so like it makes sense um yeah like i i I, it doesn't it's not necessarily surprising by any means i guess like kevin
3: i've been watching narco so i'm just super into (laughs) far cry 6 like i i love i love the vibe and of course i love uh giancarlo esposito now hopefully we get to see him in a much bigger way than we do in even Far Cry 5 with Joseph Seed, who the main bad guy was, where, you know, he'll, he'll pop up in a cutscene every yeah. now and then, but it's mostly just him talking to you, like, over uh, speakers, or you hear him yeah. talking to other camps or whatever. Like, I feel like uh in order for Giancarlo Esposito to be sort of the the big face of this the big villain we're gonna need him to be a lot more present
1: sure uh in more far cry 6 news here i sent it to kevin uh far cry 6 pre-order stuff is all up right now and if you pre-order now you can get access to libertad chorizo who looks to be a wiener dog who's in a one of those wheelchairs where his back legs don't work he looks like small and he's got like a bunch of stuff to shoot and attack that's a real dog i mean no that's a video game (laughs) dog a video game dog. No, of no, a real dog. no. I
2: mean like,
3: <laughs> no. I <laughs> yeah, elaborate. I mean like, Please. what do you not... mean? I mean like, that's not a toy dog in their world. That's like a real dog in their yeah, world. Yeah, no, that's a
1: wiener dog in a one of the, the back wheelchair things that you can get for them when they hurt their backs. Peter, now get a real dog. <laughs>
2: get a real dog. <laughs> you know, we just, clone, they're they're we trying their
1: dog. best to get me in. Maybe they get a porty uh, alt skin, dude. I love that. Let's get it going. Even though Libertad Chorizo seems to be going over like a lead balloon right now on Twitter. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
3: sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, the depiction of of uh, Latin Dogs. American countries. Oh, yeah. so. <laughs> well, <laughs>
2: I, I mean, I, I think that I've been seeing lately, too. And I I don't really have an opinion on this because I'm not super tuned in. Um, but like I saw people, some people complain about the fact that um, this is like very much like a, a Latin American type of game or. I guess yeah, Latin American kind of game, and Giancarlo uh, Esposito uh, is very European, but he often portrays uh, Hispanic characters, which you know we we've kind of talked about this a little bit uh, in some cases as far as as far as what the conversation has been uh, with actors portraying characters that don't necessarily line up with their identity. Um, mm-hmm, like we've seen, mm-hmm. been seeing like a lot of voice actors step down from cartoons and different things like that because they're playing a black actor or they're playing a black character and they're not black, you know, stuff like that. And so I don't really have any opinion on this specific case because this seems like such a specific thing that's not affecting me. Um, but I, I have seen some conversation around that stuff too. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, for me with Far Cry
1: Six, uh, just as a quick one, it's just I'm I have Far Cry Burnout right now. Like I, you know, what I mean, I, ever since Far Cry Three really hit for me, since then it's been like the just less and less and less enjoyment out of each one. Where Far Cry Five, yeah, I had to put down. So for me to get it even be excited for Far Cry Six, they're gonna have to really explain why it's super different and cool. Hmm. Does it do, to you guys?
0: Does this feel like cashy at all? Because like to me, it kind of does, like, and it seems like this Far Cry production. Yeah, like, it just seems like like. They're, they're taking advantage of like, and again, business is business. I get it, but it's like, cool, early 2021, people have the new consoles. That's when they're going to be wanting to play a game. Like, oh, we got to have a Far Cry there. Like, that's why I'm kind of surprised that
3: it's actually numbered. No, no, it doesn't feel cash in it because, like, when I don't know, when has a Far Cry not felt like this? Like, it and I guess that's a good point.
0: Yeah, and yeah, like, that, like, if this, kind of this, this one feels
3: cashy, yeah. then all the other ones have sort of felt like that because mm, they're always, mm, they've mm. always been like these annual to not you know every year and a half uh sort of releases it feels like because what far yeah. cry 5 was 2018 um and New yeah Gone was a little bit after that yeah i yeah. feel like it's just their formula i feel like they are sticking to their formula because it does numbers you know yeah mm-hmm.
2: yeah like to be clear, like far cry 3 came out in 2012 blood dragon came out in 2013 far cry 4 2014 so that was like the kind of the same lineup as far as the, it, it coming out coming out the year after a con- console launches and then yeah far cry primal 2016 5 2018 new dawn 2019 and then 6 2021 greg miller
0: yeah but next time you're interviewing somebody a sure. consequence over at ubisoft can you ask them if if they could change things and do things the way they wanted would they have it so that assassin's creed and watchdogs would be alternating years because that seems way better that seems just way
1: smarter right Especially yeah. now Assassin's Creed's Well, Remember that was five. the thing with Legion where it's been pushed around a bunch, right? It's been Yeah, Legion was supposed yeah. to come
2: out in February. And yeah. like to me the way I assume the way they would want it in an ideal world would be for it to be Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Watch Dogs, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Watch Dogs in that cadence cuz we get two mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed and then you're off and it seems like the, those would be the perfect uh like alternating games. Uh, in that sense, where uh, Assassin's Creed is more popular and more successful overall, and so like you'd want those to maybe give each other a little bit of breathing room um, with Watchdogs being the off year.
0: So, besides the big three things from this, was there anything that got you guys going?
1: Can't wait for brawl I mean, hall on mobile.
0: Uh, I'm excited it's for hyper-scape.
3: Elite Squad, baby. Yeah, I'll Hyperscape. Be, I'm really excited I'll, for. Yeah, I'll be I'll be hopping into Hyperscape quite a bit once oh, I, I started playing with. Um, Snowbike Mike uh, and his crew uh, Washburn was there as well. But when we, when you first hop into that game, I don't recommend playing alone. I feel like it's a game you absolutely need people to play with because you are so reliant on your player getting better with your team calling you out, calling out upgrades. So the way it works, Tim, is if I have this shotgun. Uh, every weapon has four levels of upgrades. And in order to upgrade it, you just find a duplicate of that weapon. So oh, once, cool. we all, once we all knew what we were using, I, was, I would call out, I'm using this sniper and I'm using uh, this machine gun. So they'd go, okay, we know that. Now, what, are, what hacks are you using? And the hacks are the abilities like blink, which is like tracers teleport or whatever. Uh, there's one uh, where you could just go invisible for several seconds. And those all have upgrades as well by just finding duplicates of themselves. And it's it became really, really cool to have this rhythm with it with a set squad where you go, this is what I'm using. And they'd be in another building and go, hey, I found this gun over here, found this upgrade over here. So you'd run over there, upgrade them. Because if you don't have those upgrades early on, you're just going to get shit on by another team that has upgraded weapons because they just put out a lot higher damage per second or or their their abilities, like there's a slam ability where you just go up into the sky and you come down and you sort of do this AoE attack, ground pound. And when that's overpowered, it's it's pretty it's you know it's pretty disastrous if you don't really have a whole lot to defend it with. Um so yeah, playing with a set squad was awesome and it was fun having all these upgrades. And once we started getting to that rhythm, it became a blast to the point where I the uh, i really wanted to play it with blessing uh this past week but the, the closed beta had ended the day before and so i was mm. legitimately bummed out about that um uh, but we hopped into the war zone and we fragged out it was uh, it was great man it was this week awesome play. but i i'm super stoked to hop back in and, and knowing what i know now and how the game works i think it's really unique and i think it feels like one of these it feels like something that ubisoft um like a, a truly unique effort where every other thing that they've sort of done recently is always just a sequel of itself with some mm-hmm. added mechanics here and there but this feels like yes we know there's a lot of battle royales out there but here's our spin on it and there there are so many new characteristics to it that differentiate it from a lot of other battle royales out there and i it's it's legitimately yeah. fun it's really fun
2: i mean for me i think with the changes we're seeing to the ubisoft editorial team this kind of feels like that last wave of like the impact of that editorial team, if that makes sense. So like us getting far cry six feeling like it is this derivative thing. Uh, and like, you know, watchdogs and Assassin's Creed and like th- this traditional Ubisoft lineup. I'm curious to see how long this, days before it starts to starts to dissipate because Assassin's Creed is something we're probably going to get forever at this point Um, but within like they did, they did pump th- the brakes remember when
1: it stopped selling when they, they, they had that's made true. that statement we will keep making these as long as you keep buying them and then like two years later people stop buying like alright we're going to take yeah. some time off Origins Odyssey now I'll in two
2: home. to three years I think the catalog, catalog is going to look a lot more fresh and different though which I'm really excited and curious to see
3: that's what's mind-blowing to me though blessing is like it, it, uh, to go on Greg's point where they they made that statement and it feel like it, it felt like it was maybe two years ago that they three years ago that they said that and since then we've gotten we're getting three <laughs> like Assassin's Creed games like that's yeah that's so well, nuts because it felt yeah. like they were making like a strong stand okay guys we heard you we're not doing them analy- annualized anymore let's do them once every other year but I mean we, we're getting the third one in the last three years since they said yeah. that like. It's crazy, but well, in a yeah, sense, but, they kind of okay.
2: they kind of keep duping us too. Because in the beginning of the year, I think that was the new <laughs> story we got from Ubisoft, where it was like, "Hey, we're restructuring the editorial team and all this different stuff." And we talked about it. I think like everybody was pretty excited about it. But then you look at the edit, like you you look at the editorial team now, uh, what it has been, and it's like, oh, like you you guys said you're restructuring it, but it's it's a sea of white faces, and it is still led by this same dude who, uh, for all intents and purposes, keeps greenlighting the same game over and over and over again. And so now, like, that dude at the top is gone. And so that then means, and who knows, like, maybe the people that rise up will have the same taste as he does or ha- will, will continue status quo. But you would hope that, yeah, now that with Surge and, like, some of the other higher-ups gone, you'll now see games come out that are not that, like, that aren't the, the same game over and over again. Dude, One Wrangles? of the things
1: that's interesting to say, I think, is... I think that we fall a little bit into the trap, and I, I forget if it, it was an old Gamescast thing. And I don't know if it was you, Tim, or if it was Colin, or if it was somebody else, but talking about Mario games and how they keep putting out Mario games, but in a way, that's a misnomer. Is One Mario game is 2D, one Mario game is 3D. Yeah, blah, blah, that was blah. me.
0: There's the 2D, there's 3D, and then there's the 3D 2D that's actually called 3D, which is... Barrett
1: was describing an interesting way when we were doing the Assassin's Creed Valhalla reaction, or first impression, that was like, he kept describing since origins like new assassins creed right like they obviously had been annualizing 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 they stopped they took time off they came back with origins with people pretty much universally loved then they did odyssey which started to separate the crew into terms of this is too bloated it's too rpg i don't you know blah, blah blah but it still sold really well and i fucking adored right and it's the same thing here where i'm seeing you know what i can in twitter reactions to valhalla and stuff i think it's important to point out that like Valhalla feels, at least in the three and a half hours I played of it, different than Odyssey. Like, it is, and it is very much like, one of the things that excited me about Odyssey was that exploration mode, right? Where in the beginning it was like, do you want it to be classic Assassin's Creed where you accept the quest, the quest text pops up, there's a big fucking marker on where to go, or do you want this exploration thing? That is, oh, you know, you're looking for a man in the northwest part of this map and in closer to this town, but like that kind of thing. Valhalla, like, for real from what i played default whatever in there they didn't mention anything about exploration feels like a viking rpg it it doesn't feel like an assassin's creed thing in the way that like you go you open your map and there are three different colors of icons on it and you hover over it and you can drop a waypoint on it but it doesn't tell you shit about what it is you walk the, the example i do is like there is one that's blue which means mystery right uh i dropped it i walked to this giant church I walked in, there was a woman, t- a nun tending to some candles, and I was like, I started the conversation. I'm like, hey, what's up, kind of thing, blah, blah, blah. And she turned around, she's like, oh, you're one of those Vikings. you like, oh, I'm like, yeah, I'm one of those Vikings people, blah, blah. She's like, well, blah, blah, blah. You have to fucking die. And she pulled out dual wielding weapons and came Whoa. at me. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, there is this sense of discovery in it that is the escalation of what I loved about Odyssey. The camera angle is different, the, the combat feels different. You're unlocking uh you know the abilities the special abilities you use not in the hey i've earned a skill point where can i go put it to get those unlocked you have to find books of knowledge and find then matching books of knowledge to upgrade that one you're on a quest for those uh you you do have the ability to you know uh, unlock new moves or and then augment your abilities through the star chart but you're very much picking which one do you want to go and invest your abilities in like the hud is minimal the 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 you know they, they showed it real briefly in there. But we were chatting over it, of course. Uh, like, the way uh healing works in this now is that you have to procure on site. Like, you're out there. Like, after a battle, you don't heal. You need to find found the plants you're finding that I was in Odyssey just fucking smashing the button on and get going and then upgrading whatever the fuck I was upgrading hours later. Now is actually crucial to in the middle of a boss fight. I was getting my ass kicked, and it was fuck dodge roll around find stuff put it into my satchel start using it start trying to heal start trying to get a a, a background to it like the game obviously feels and looks like assassin's creed to an extent but it feels different as well in a way that i'm super psyched for and i know that other people won't be they are taking a chance with the way they're going with that so with that it's it's interesting i already know the answer is because it's assassin's creed and that sells but
0: why not call it something else? Like, why not kind of create this to be a different franchise that doesn't need to have the ties to the Animus and ties to all this other stuff? Because, like, what well, you're talking about Origins and Odyssey, like, we've all seen kind of the different receptions of, of those games. Yeah. And I think that a big part of that is it just sounds similar, where it's like O-Names oh, as the subtitle. It just kind of feels like, oh, here's another, here's another, here's another. And, yeah. you know, and the point of them coming so close together, it's like it wasn't literally three years in a row, but, like, it does feel that it feels way. like it. It just feels like assassin's creed might as well be annualized at this point and that why not bring in a different type of game and like especially with what you're talking about greg of this being kind of a more rpg type thing even if you want to keep the assassin's creed name assassin's creed something subtitle something else you know like to to actually have those branches that are a little bit more more clear so that something that can be a little more narrative focused like a prince of persia can actually happen you know and have these off cycles and whatever
1: why not yeah I think it's complicated I think it's also I mean in terms of having an Assassin's Creed subtitle colon then another title to it and stuff like you start branching I understand what you're saying of Assassin's Creed RPG colon Valhalla right or Vikings or whatever and breaking out that way I think it is just doubling down I think it also is in a lot of ways ubisoft for better or worse saying cool this is what assassin's creed is now like we're slowly weaning you off the animus and stuff like that there are parts to it god only knows how to play in this what's interesting about the way they're doing in uh, assassin's creed Valhalla is the animus is there and what the only thing i could do to use it uh, the only way i used it in the gameplay that was very much obviously a vertical slice of everything you can do in it is that when you go into it you can switch between male and female avor whenever you want so you don't have to like be committed to one if you don't like it or switch around you can get a a feel for both of them as you go and i guess from one of the headlines i saw on twitter is i guess that plays into a mystery in the game of actually who avor is or whatever like Hmm. i think it's the idea of like the series itself is something they want you to they want to experiment with and they want to move to and i think again maybe it's that back to what we talk about all the time with games right of the vocal minority that there's a lot of people are like "Bah, odyssey had too much bloat i didn't like the rpg of it and i'm sure they look at sales and go well these millions and millions and millions of people seem to and they all bought fucking dlc for it and they all spent helix credits on new goddamn unicorn skins for their for phobos so we're not worried about that we are going to do this and we are going to take these chances
2: we also we also did have games like Assassin's Creed Origins China and like we did have those spin-off games that were Assassin's Creed but different types of games and I I mean I think the Assassin's Creed stuff is interesting as far as how Assassin's Creed has grown and changed but I the thing I will say is that I think that that growth and change has come through necessity as opposed as opposed to like you know insp- inspired change and that mm-hmm. that sounds very negative cuz I don't want to say that like you know the devs weren't, weren't out there being super creative in the ways they were changing sure. it, but I don't think Assassin's Creed would have changed if Assassin's Creed kept selling. Like I think it would have been business as usual in terms of what those games would have kept on being. Um, and I think like with Assassin's Creed, like these are what the Assassin's Creed games are now, which is really exciting for Assassin's Creed fans and really exciting for people who see that and are interested in that. But I still think that does reflect on what the rest of the portfolio looks like. Like We have Assassin's Creed, which is, is allowed to grow and uh, develop because it is that uh core franchise for ubisoft and it is this game that needs to be successful by any means necessary but then you have games like Watch Dogs, which i mean for all intents and purposes like is also does also seem like it's evolving in cool ways and we'll we'll really see when it comes out how much this stuff matters but it's still pretty much watchdogs then you have far cry which is basically as far as we understand more far cry and i feel like you can kind of take that and extrapolate it through pretty much everything else going on at ubisoft like if you if you if Ubisoft today announced a new Tom Clancy game, in my mind, I know what that game looks like. Or I know the I know I know what that game possibly looks like. Like it is probably something that is going to be division like, where it is loot based, where it is you're going around an open world with friends, or um, it might be something that is like, I don't know, man, Rainbow Six, or like I like Elite, they're, squad. They're, elite squad. There's the there are these buckets that I that you put Ubisoft games into. And on one hand, like you kind of get it. Their company it works. like yeah. it, it works. You know, they're a third party party publisher, and so there's only so much they can do, and there's only so much new they can make uh, without it being a huge risk for them. But at a certain point, I feel like that kind of start starts making their whole catalog come off as stale, which I think is going to stop happening now. i I would hope would stop happening now.
3: Do you think at the next event we hear about um, quarantine and whether they change a the name?
2: <laughs> yes, the <So laughs> one later this year. Yeah.
0: I think no. that we'll hear, hear about quarantine. I think we'll hear about Gods and Monsters, and and we'll go from there. Again, a thing to give credit to to Ubisoft for this uh, forward was they didn't overhype it. Like everything I've seen for this was just kind of like we're looking at we're taking a look at our games. That's and true. Had Far Cry not leaked, that would have been an exciting thing. It did leak. It was still cool and exciting. So it's like I think this was what it was, and more so than a lot of the other guys, I think that they kind of set the expectations correctly for us to not feel disappointed i don't think any of us feel disappointed by this we're not you know jumping up and down freaking out about it but it was just kind of like cool that was what it was yeah
2: yeah i'm not i'm not angry 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 gamer about it like i'm not like how dare they you know pull the wool over eyes or
3: whatever (laughs) (laughs) if you were though blessed we might get more clicks
2: i mean I mean, think about it. Damn, where is my Splinter Cell Ubisoft? How dare you!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Any <laughs> closing thoughts on this, guys?
3: Nah,
1: I had yeah, back. I wasn't oh, like I hyped it. for this. I was excited to hang out and talk about games and see stuff, but I wasn't hyped for this. Like I would be for an E3 presentation. And so I, I'm like, no, mm, this is what I expected. Show me. In, in, in,
0: in the sense of that, though, Greg, let's think. Compare it to other Ubisoft presentations. I would say this is a lot better than some of them. We yeah, like there's just dance hey,
1: dance break. You know what I mean? I yeah, couldn't even. I usually just be like, even if she's not in it, she has like some interstitial in it or she walks by in the background. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know
2: if I think this one is any better than any of the previous ones. Like I would say compared to previous Ubisoft presentations at E3, this one I would say is way way underwhelming compared. But like I also give them that room because they said there's another event coming. Like if this was an E3 presentation with just these announcements, I would have been like,
0: all right. My counterpoint to that is it was 45 minutes, we got three major release dates, and we didn't get the traditional, here's a trailer, here's some gameplay, here's an interview, like over and over and over in a bloated two and a half hour thing that may have a surprise or two that's actually cool and exciting and and new, but like at least this we got some, some good info even if it was info that's not necessarily exciting.
2: Yeah, I was like the only new game we got was a game that we could have all expected. And even if even if, if Far Cry hadn't leaked. Like if yeah. a new Far Cry was announced, I don't think anybody's like jumping out there to like, "Oh, snap, they're bringing Far Cry back." Um and so like <laughs> I never I, saw it coming. <laughs> whoa, never okay. could see this coming. But like previous far, previous Ubisoft conferences, we've gotten stuff that is uh Ghost Recon Breakpoint, which I know isn't super exciting, but for it, it's a Pretty much a new game that I don't think many people could have seen coming. Um, we got things like um see I just it people to Especially and, after like,
0: Wildlands, it like ghost breakpoint yeah. just felt like another wildlands, and if, if breakpoint did well, we'd see another one now.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Breakpoint kind of hit different for me because I think so close after Wildlands, it felt like something new and different, especially with um Punisher. I can't remember his his name right now. John Burnthal. Um, John Burnthal, yes. Like that kind of had own. me excited um and like i i feel like we just got we, we got so much new stuff compared like even stuff like roller champions and ghost recon uh or not ghost recon uh rainbow six quarantine, quarantine. and stuff like that i know it's, it's all small stuff but i'm kind of fine with four all right announcements like new announcements as opposed to one far cry well ladies and gentlemen this has been our
0: reaction to- the first ever Ubisoft forward. Uh, stay tuned for the rest of the summer game mess where we will be reacting to all of the rest of the conferences that happen right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games live, youtube.com slash kind of funny games later, podcast services. Greg Miller from kind of funny. What's up?
1: I just want to point out, and I'm sure you're going to do it anyway, but just in case that remember, this isn't the only games cast you'll get this week. We are, in fact, doing our Ghost of Tsushima review Tuesday, 7 a.m
0: exactly youtube.com slash kind of funny games is popping off right now a whole bunch of stuff like we said earlier uh greg and barrett uh did some combination of playing watchdogs legion and assassin's creed valhalla their first impressions are up there like we said earlier there's a podcast feed just for our first impressions just search for kind of funny first impressions on your favorite podcast service as well we'll be there for you andy's full playthrough of the last of us part two uh will be completely uploaded by tomorrow right.
3: It's n- right in like today't it in oh in an hour, hour. Oh. cool fantastic
0: oh, no. the entire game the end let's see how it all goes down um but anyways thank you guys for joining us here live later doesn't matter we love you we respect <laughs> you bye guys